You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. The book of Esther, one of my favorite books in the Bible, one of my favorite Bible characters is the man named Mordecai. And uh, so much so that when we were first married and we found out that my wife was expecting and it was going to be a boy, um, I said that I would like to name him Mordecai. I think you know the end of that story. But I just say that to say uh, I love this Bible character. I love the stand that he took. I love uh, some things that we'll talk about here um, after that. But uh, then following that, we, of course, had two daughters and uh, so I wanted to name them after cars. So I got a Lexus, and then I wanted a Mercedes. And you know how the end of that worked out. And, uh, but nonetheless, um, Esther chapter number 8 and verse number 15. I just want to public, publicly say thank you to Pastor for allowing me the privilege and the opportunity to preach. I don't take it lightly. Uh, Esther 8 chapter number 15. The Bible says in Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel, blue and white, and with a great crown of gold, and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan, what's the next word? Rejoiced. And was, what's the next word? Glad. Rejoiced and was glad. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province... And in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. And then if you will look at chapter number 9 and verse number 17, chapter 9 and verse number 17, the Bible says, On the thirteenth day of the month Adar, And on the fourteenth day of the same rested they, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews that were at Shushan assembled together on the thirteenth day thereof, and on the fourteenth day thereof, and on the fifteenth day of the same they rested, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Verse number 19, Therefore the Jews of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled towns made the fourteenth day of the month Adar, a day of gladness and feasting, and a good day, and of sending portions one to another. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in all the provinces of the king of Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the fourteenth day of the month Adar and the fifteenth day of the same yearly. As the days wherein the Jews rested, from their enemies in the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy and from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. I'd like to present a message here tonight entitled, A Good Day. A Good Day. Or if you're the next generation that's following up, Uh, one of the statements that they like to use is, best day ever. You ever heard somebody say that before? The best day ever. How can we have a good day? How can it turn from mourning 
into a good day. How can it be a great day? How can it be the best day ever? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the privilege, for the opportunity to preach and proclaim your word. I pray nonetheless that your name would be magnified. Lord, that the end of this message that we will look to you and say, what a great Savior that we have. I pray that you would encourage us and challenge us, Lord, from your word as you've done in my life. For we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. There are many statements that we say when we depart from individuals. Maybe one of those statements is, have a good day, right? Or uh, we'll make the statement, hey, uh, I hope you have a good day today. And we, cl- uh, we characterize and we classify our days as, hey, was it a good day or was it a bad day? And a lot of times that's based on the circumstances or the experiences that we have uh, during that day. But how can we have a good day in the midst of sadness? How can we have a great day in the midst of trials, in the midst of afflictions? You know, maybe uh, you, you've heard this statement before and it says, hey, good bye, right? And uh, I, I have not heard anybody recently say bad bye or have a bad day. And, uh, you know, in the way far south, they say good day, mate. And uh, maybe you say that around here. I'm not sure what the, the southern statement is, but have a good day. We, want, we would like in this life generally to have good days. What is good? It's enjoyable. It's pleasing. It's satisfying. Uh, children were asked to describe a perfect day. This was their description. What is a perfect day? When you get a puppy and it's sunny and you go to the pool. Another one stated, you don't need to brush your teeth. You don't need to get dressed. There's some adults that fall into that category. What's a perfect day? It's sunny, like hot, 80 degrees. One made the statement, no annoying brother. One made the statements, my sisters would not be there. Adults were asked, hey, what is a perfect day? What is a great day? These were the responses. A wonderful day can be a day you start a new job or get a promotion. When you have a good day, things are running smoothly. You can wear a smile on your face. One made the statement, every day is a good day. Some are just a little bit better than others. Every day that I wake up has to be a good day. I wake up every day and think I'm breathing. It's a good day. The good old days are now. Everyone has highs and lows that they have to learn from, but every morning I start off with a good head on my shoulders, saying to myself, it's going to be a good day. A lot of that entails, um, you know, your perception of how you're viewing that day, and sometimes it's how you wake up in the morning, and you already know it's not going to be a good day, and everything aches, and you didn't sleep well, and, you know, things woke you up during the night, and you're like, oh, man, I'm not sure if today is going to be a good day. I'd like to give you a recipe found from the book of Esther in these specific chapters are some things that we can analyze through the life of Mordecai of how they ended up with a good day. And some things that I believe that will instill in our lives can help us in the end to say, hey, today was a good day. Now, with the recipe, there are ingredients that take place. You know, uh, a lot of folks have chocolate chip cookie recipes, and we've got 
the uh, Thanksgiving pie uh, and uh, auction there and so forth. And if you're like, hey, I'd like to try out a new recipe and it's great, you've tried it out, you can just drop those by my house and we can test those out. But, uh, you know, the different recipes, people have different ingredients and people have different amounts of ingredients that they do. But ultimately, you're looking to obtain whatever you're looking to make at the end of that. You know, there was something that went viral a few years ago and uh, this individual was upset at Marie Callan because she burned her pumpkin pie in the oven. And maybe you've seen that uh, meme recently, but uh, uh, that wasn't what she intended to make in the end, and it was in the oven a little bit too long. But uh, what are some things that we can instill in our lives that I believe that they do, we could have a great day? Now, you would think, if we're going to have a great day, if we're going to have the best day ever, what does that consist of? Puppies, right? Uh, it consists of, as you probably heard several times, feasting was involved and eating is involved. And uh, I don't find a lot in the Bible of them eating salad and eating the green stuff. I don't find people generally that are happy that are eating that stuff. Now, we can be healthy, but you may not be happy. So you choose which one that you would like to be. Feasting. Joy. You're saying, what's a, what's, a, what's a recipe for having a great day? Rest, relaxation, you know, the pool. Um, but I don't think of these specific words as we'll look at. The first one in chapter number two and verse number five. Let's look, look back at the beginning where this man named, named Mordecai came on the scene. Chapter two and verse number five. The Bible says, now in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjaminite. Verse number six, who when he had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with uh, Jeconia, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. So automatically I see his circumstances. What happened here? He was carried away. He was taken out of his home. I would say, hey, you know what? That's probably not a good day when somebody forcefully takes you from your home to another location. And you know what? He could have been bitter. He could have been upset. He could have thrown in the towel and said, hey, if you're a good God, why did you allow me to become a captive and be carried away? And why did you allow these circumstances to come into my life? And he could have got upset and threw in the towel. And by the way, that's not what he did. And God used him as a result of his circumstances. And let me just say this. God can still use you as a result of the circumstances that are happening in our lives. And sometimes we can get defeated and sometimes we can get discouraged. And we look around and scratch our heads and say, but God, I don't understand why these things are taking place. But the Bible says that God can use all things together for good. Whatever situation we're facing, God can still work it out. God is still in control. In verse number 7, the Bible says, And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter. For she had neither father nor mother. And the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were, what's the next word? Dead. Took for his own daughter. If you're talking about a recipe for happiness, a recipe for joy. I won't find this word, but first of all, I see here a father figure. What do I see with that? Responsibility. Responsibility. And again, uh, when I, I didn't see anyone, the children, hey, what is a perfect day going to be? Responsibility. Taking out the trash, 
doing my chores, doing my homework, going to school, putting forth effort, getting good grades. I didn't find any of that that's taken there. However, you know what? A recipe, an element of having a great day is going to take responsibility. But again, what do we want? We want the good day without the responsibility. Hey, we want the best day ever without saying, hey, there's some things that God has instructed for me to do in my life that if I do those, those are what's going to give us a great day. What does responsibility have to do with a great day? You know what? I see that Mordecai saw a need. And this uh, individual named Hadassah, who was named Esther, he took responsibility for her. And by the way, if we fast forward, that's who God used in the palace to deliver his people. What if Mordecai would have said, you know what? I'm a little upset. Why am I going to take on more responsibility? I'm not in the place that I want to be. I'm not even at home. Why doesn't somebody else take on that responsibility? I'm so glad that somebody stood up and said, hey, I see a need, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to feel that need uh, for, for our lives. And you know what? Let me just say this. There are some needs that God has for your life. I love the message last Sunday night with Joseph Brown talking about a purpose. And if you're breathing in here tonight, say amen. That's about 80%. If you're breathing in here tonight, God has a purpose and God has a plan. God has some responsibilities for your lives. And if we fill those responsibilities, you know what? He can give us a great day. Who are you ministering to or helping in your life? A father figure. You know, a, a man named Stephen Hendrick outlines seven roles that a father plays in the life of his family. Provider, protector, leader, teacher, helper, encourager, and friend. And let me just say this, that those responsibilities we can play in the lives of those who are around us as well. Are you fulfilling the responsibilities that God has given to you in your lives let me just say this, we're a blessed people, but to whom much is given, much is required. Hey, we have the word of God. We have the freedom to preach and proclaim his word. We have the freedom to freely tell others about him, but what are we doing with those freedoms that we have? The problem is not generally with knowledge, but with action. Eleanor Roosevelt made the statement, with freedom comes responsibility. James 4, 17 says, To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him, it is sin. If we want to have a great day, if we want to have a good day, we need to fulfill the responsibilities that God has given to us. But I find sometimes we don't focus on our responsibilities. We focus on things that we have no control of. So we can look at our nation and we can look at how divided our nation is and we can look at our uh, specific political party and look how divided they are and look at our elected officials and look at our government and look at our school system and look at all the things that we have no control of and sit there and feel helpless and say, well, there's nothing that I can do about it. Well, you know what? We can still do something. Amen. And that something can make a difference in the lives of others. We're responsible for our actions and for our choices, and it's time to focus on what we can control. You know what? He could have had excuses of why not. And by the way, there would have been some great excuses. But you know what? He chose to be responsible. We want to have a good day. We want to have the best day ever. But sometimes we don't want to take responsibility. Our generation wants to eat. They want to play. They want to have joy without the letter 
uh, the, the word work. First of all, I see a father figure. Secondly, uh, look at chapter number 4 and verse number 13. Chapter 4 and verse number 13, we see a father figure with, which represents responsibility as a characteristic, as a recipe for this success that's going to come later on in life. Number 2, in chapter 4 and verse number 13, the Bible says, Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house, more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. It's still going to come. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. In verse 15, then Esther bade them return to Mordecai this answer, Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and what's the next word fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days night or day i also my maidens will fast likewise and so will i go into the king which is not according to the law and if i perish i perish i see a father figure which is responsibility secondly i see fasting fasting and prayer why was there fasting that took place here you know what i'm so glad that it wasn't just the case that they realized that hey there's a responsibility hey there's an opportunity that we have to go in to save the people and god can use us and by the way if we choose not to god's still going to be in control and god's still going to deliver but we have the privilege we have the opportunity to allow god to use us in our lives and that's the the privilege that i would like in my life and, uh, uh, you know, it could have been the case that once they found that out, Esther said, hey, well, what, what I'm going to do, I do it right now. And she ran into the king, and, you know, what took place? I think that's sometimes how we deal with things is we see something, and we just jump right on into it, especially maybe us as men. We see a need or we see a project or whatever else. We jump right into it or we get a package, you know, that something that needs to be assembled. And if you're a good man, you don't look at the instructions, amen. What do you look at? You look at the pictures. And, uh, uh, you know, several hours later, you're like, Maybe I should pull out the instructions. and Or you end, and you're like, man, it looks great, but what are all these extra pieces that are laying around here? I'm not sure. But what did they do? You know what? There was some preparation time. There was some time of fasting and prayer in order to experience a day of rejoicing and peace and feast and happiness. You know what? We need to have God's divine intervention in our lives. We were talking recently with Brother Ouellette, and one of the things that he mentioned that had an impact in my life, he said, every day you can either ask for God's intervention or you can live like you can handle everything yourself. And by the way, if we wake up and go about our day without asking for God's divine intervention, we are saying, hey, you know what, I've got it all under control. And by the way, then it's just in our power. But you know what, I want God's divine intervention in my life. How can you have a good day from prayer and fasting by having God's touch. Oh, what a difference we could make if parents would seek God's intervention in their children's lives. Oh, what a difference we could make if church members would plead for God's intervention in our church and in our community and in our city and our county and our state. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. Luke 18.1, men ought always to pray. Matthew 7.7, 7, ask and you shall receive. Matthew 17, 21. This kind cometh not forth, but by prayer and fasting. You know, I know when we were talking about 
beginning a Christian school several years ago, and there was a, a potential opportunity to be able to acquire the buildings uh, from Cornerstone several years ago. And I remember, and we were talking about the starting a school, even in the gym, and we had sent out a survey, and we're praying about it. And I remember I got with uh, Brother Charles. We had talked specifically, and I said, Hey, Brother Charles, I think this is something that we need to begin fasting about. Because it was impossible. And you know what? God did something miraculous. It's not a result of individuals, but you know what? I believe that if we as individuals would pray and would fast for God's power, I believe that God would answer that. Instead of looking at the circumstances, you know what happened? They looked at the Creator. God can. The question is, will you? I see a father figure with responsibility. I see fasting. And lastly, number three, I see the word forlorn. You say, well, what is that word? It starts with F, amen? It means sad. It means hopeless. From morning to a good day, look at chapter 9 and verse number 22. The Bible says, as the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies in the month which was turned uh, uh, unto them from sorrow to joy, from morning into a good day. You know, one of the things that I saw, I see that preceded this great day, I preceded this best day ever, that by the way, we'll talk about in a minute, they still uh, uh, celebrate this on a yearly basis, much like we do Christmas or Thanksgiving that's coming up where there's feasting and resting and then feasting and then resting and then more feasting, amen? Can you truly experience happiness without ever experience, experiencing sadness. If you never experience suffering, would you ever be truly able to experience consolation? There's a song that says, joy comes in the morning if you've knelt beside the rubble of an aching broken heart. When the things you gave your life to fell apart, you're not the first to be acquainted with sorrow, grief, or pain, but the master promised sunshine after rain. Hold on. My child, joy comes in the morning. Weeping only lasts for the night. Hold on, my child. Joy comes in the morning. The darkest hour means dawn is just in sight. To invest your seas of trust in God and mountains you can't move. You have risked your life on things you cannot prove. But to give the things you cannot keep for what you cannot lose. Now that's the way to find the joy that God has for you. Why, how can you have joy in a good day, in a great day, in the best day ever in the midst of sadness because God is still in control? And by the way, this day of gladness and joy and feasting was preceded by an announcement, a death sentence for all the Jews. And it was on a specific day that it was going to happen. I mean, the darkest news that they could have heard, hey, you're going to die and here's the day that you're going to die. But you know what? God was able to turn that around. You know what? And, and some of the elements that preceded that long ago was a man who took on responsibility. Was an individuals who said, hey, we're going to pray and fast and seek God for this decision because w there's no way out. And they experienced sadness. They uh, experienced uh, an abandoned feeling, if you will. But it led to the greatest day that they had. Let me just say this, the greatest gift that we can ever receive in life begins with sadness. The realization that we're all sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short 
of the glory of God. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Salvation is first acquired through bad news. The bad news is, is that we're all sinners. We've all done something wrong. None of us are perfect. If God were to take a videotape of your whole life and play it on the screen for everybody to see, you know what? I know for me, there'd be a lot of things that I wouldn't want folks to see. You know what? A lot of that is sin. You know what? The, the greatest day that we can ever experience begins with some bad news. You know what? Next comes responsibility. I have sinned. There is none righteous, no, not one. We realize individually that we've messed up, that it's not on anybody else. It's on personal responsibility to say, hey, you know what? There's nothing good that I can do to get to heaven. It's all about what God has done for us. But I'm so glad it doesn't end with bad news. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then there's a beseeching of God for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What were the elements of the great day that came in this book of Esther? A father figure, responsibility. What areas of your life are, there may be some responsibilities that are lacking? That we say, hey, these are some things that I need to take up. We have a, 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 some great freedoms here, but with those freedoms come responsibility. What else did I see? I see fasting. Maybe there's an area in our lives, maybe there's something that's too big for us to accomplish that we need God's divine intervention. And by the way, let me just say this, we can't make it on our own and be successful anyway. Maybe sir, there's some things that we're going to need to begin to fast about. This kind cometh not forth but by prayer and fasting. And then there was some sadness that took place. Again, I think a lot of times we want to have a good day. We want to have a great day of rejoicing without having these elements that, that are in there. But you know what? In chapter 8 and verse number 17, the Bible says that something came as a result of that, and that was some feasting. And not only that, the Bible says the end of verse number 17 in chapter 8, it says, and many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. You know what will happen if we remain faithful in our lives? You know what? Others are going to take notice. Maybe those responsibilities that we say, hey, you know what, I'm going to fulfill these responsibilities. I must work, as we heard last week. I'm going to fulfill these responsibilities. Somebody else is going to take notice. Maybe that will be the encouragement that they need to get involved. Maybe that will be the encouragement they need to become faithful to church. I wonder what it is in our lives that we need to add to with responsibilities. You know, this, uh, the feast that the Jews still practice on a yearly basis is this feast of Purim. And during these days, they celebrate and they set aside and they dress up. I found it interesting as I was researching this that some of the Jews even observe what they call a fast of Esther leading up to this famous day, leading up to this holiday, because they want to be, uh, they want to get as much involved as they can and remember what took place with that fasting and calling upon God and then rejoicing when God met with them. A day of remembrance of what God had done. You know what, I think it's very similar to a day that we celebrate called Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving, and even at Christmas, they give gifts to others. But you know what, what markers do we have set up in our lives to remember what God has done for us? Too many times we give up before we give God a chance to step in. Hold on, others are watching. If somebody were to ask, how are you doing today? Well, we can have a good day. We can have a great day in the midst of darkness. We can have the best day ever. But you know what? 
there are some characteristics of those days. And again, those are uncommon characteristics to say, how is responsibility going to bring a great day? But you know what? That's what brings us joy and happiness is by following what God has. How is fasting and praying going to bring a great day? Because it can bring God's divine intervention in our lives. And there was sadness that preceded as well. What do we remember during that? Is during our times of mourning, during our times of sadness to know that, hey, joy still comes in the morning. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.